0: to Kinks and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. You can reach me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com, call me at 925-494-1739, or follow me at Hero Habit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm starting to say that at the beginning now, because I bet some of you um, stopped listening to the last two minutes of the show. Shame on you. Sometimes I hide extra content at the end, and you could be missing it. Today we're talking about a Beatles hit in America called Eight Days a Week. It was released December 4th, 1964 uh, on Beatles for sale in the UK and then released as an American single on February 15th, 1965. And I guess they considered releasing it as a single in the UK and didn't. Um, But the reason it got released in America is because this song does not appear on Beatles 65, which is the American equivalent to Beatles for sale. And so American DJs were had obtained import copies of Beatles for sale and were playing this song as if it's, you know, oh, look at this exclusive song we've got. And because, you know, radio was very real at the time, everybody believed them. But it wasn't. It was just off of the, Ameri- or the U.K. LP. So America released it as a single. It was their seventh number one. The band had seven consecutive number ones at the point of uh, eight days a week getting released. Seven in 13 months. It has been 13 months since I Want to Hold Your Hand topped the American charts and they've had seven consecutive number ones and even more top 5s and even more top 10s and even more top 40s. This is an incredible run of success that I don't think any band could ever touch, really. In 13 months to even have seven songs in 13 months is a lot to ask of bands nowadays, let alone seven number ones. Um it has long been claimed that the title of the song was a Ringo star saying uh, hard day's night was a Ringo malapropism tomorrow never knows uh, maybe because it mentions time hard day's night tomorrow never knows eight days a week. Maybe, maybe that's where it came from. Paul McCartney had at one point said that it was one of Ringo's, but I think he was probably mistaking in his own recollection this with a hard day's night and tomorrow never knows because he would later go on to say that it was a chauffeur that, um, said he'd been working eight days a week. And that is the story that he's gone with repeatedly, even in the presence of Ringo Starr and Ringo himself has said he never said it. So, you know, you could say he's rewriting history. Um, I think they just got the, got it wrong earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it, when it came out that it was a Ringo th- phrase, there's not much of note of this song. They never did it live because they didn't particularly care for it. This feels like it was another work song. that just happened to be catchy. Uh, You know, they they would always joke, John and Paul would joke about, you know, it's time to sit down and write a swimming pool. I think this was a swimming pool. Um, It's catchy, but there's nothing terribly clever about it, but it does feature a fade in. They struggled with the construction of this song. And if you listen to Anthology, there's a different intro that has them doing oohs and ahs, which I think would have killed it. Uh, I don't think this is a number one hit with that concept. The fade in is the perfect concept. And even though the fade in and the fade out use the chords of the verse, you got D, E7. that little way that they play it does not appear in the verse because he goes, you know, from this into that kind of shuffle um, groove. So it's kind of cool that the intro and the outro are both independent of the song, but still follow the chord progression of the song. But it is the first one to have that fade in of any pop tune there haven't been a ton of them since it's not a particularly useful um device in recording what is cool there are some cool little licks the uh the uh, verse uses it's a d chord and then an e7 which is a five of five we, we talked about if you take the two chord and make it a major it's a 5 of 5, especially when you make it a 7 chord like they are here. So you got a D, 5 of 5, to 4, G major, to D. And what that does is the D chord has an F sharp. Whoops, that's a G. The E7 has a G sharp. The G has a G. And the D has an F sharp again. So you've got this um, this movement So that's kind of a a hook in itself. And then for the chorus, they switch it up. um, Hold me, uh, the pre-chorus really. So it's a B minor to a G, to a B minor to an E. And that's kind of cool because they're treating the E chord as if it's a dominant to get back into D. And it's not. It's not even close. It should be an A chord. Um, If they were trying to get back to the, so that, you know, it would be. That would be the dominant leading back to the D chord um, tonic. But they use the E chord and in contrast to the G chord they use. You've got that half step movement um, from the G to the G sharp. So it's a cool little hook. And then um, you've got that bridge that does shift to A. To B minor. And then to E. So it's not crazy complex chords. It's not particularly... Interesting, but they use them in a way that it does a lot of the hook in this song is based out of that chord progression, and that's it. It was uh, the first um, song that they kind of fleshed out in the studio, which would become standard practice, uh, if not immediately, fairly soon. Like by the time they get to Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sergeant Pepper, that is standard practice. This one they kind of fleshed out the form. In the studio, and uh, and finished it, you know. As they work, two sessions, two seven-hour sessions to record the tune, and uh, they say they say on the Wikipedia page, it was uh, seven-hour sessions with fifteen-minute breaks. That is a work schedule, and if you haven't played music for seven solid hours, it's tough. It's it's grueling, but you know they got a number one song out of it, so. Not too bad. And that's it. That's eight days a week. There's not much to talk about on this one. It's a hit. We haven't talked about a hit in a while. Jeez. Um, we even talked about like a well-known famous song. I'm looking at the schedule here. Really since October 29th when we talked about Tired of Waiting. It's been a lot of obscure songs and B-sides and stuff like that. So this is the first hit by either band that we've talked about in quite a while. So I'm glad we're doing it. Um, Tomorrow we're back to the Kinks with uh, kind of a, a 60s era song that I've always enjoyed. But not a hit. And we don't have a lot of hits coming up either. But some good songs. They're all good songs, right? Make sure you call me, 925-494-1739. That's an American number, so do what you got to do to get a hold of me. Um, And tell me about your favorite or least favorite Kinks and Beatles music. I want to hear about it. Leave me as many voicemails as you want. Talk about as many songs as you want. Just send me a separate voicemail for each song. And um, uh, please, I haven't mentioned this in a while, swing by iTunes and rate and review this podcast if you're enjoying it. Give me five stars and a nice little review. If you're not enjoying it, I don't know why you listen, um, but go give your one-star review to another podcast. And uh, I, why aren't you enjoying it if you're still listening to it? Anyway, swing by iTunes. Give me the rating and review, please. It helps the podcast tremendously. And think of it, we're, we're at the holiday season now. A Christmas gift to me would be to have the number one podcast in our category. We've cracked the top 40 a few times. I want to be number one. And your reviews and ratings will allow that to happen. And make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. All right. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. We are back to the kinks tomorrow. Have a great day.